encourage you to turn your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Mark, where we will be studying this text today together. We read in Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28, And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. He's not only Lord of the cornfields and the job, he is Lord of the Sabbath. Our message today is entitled, The Sabbath Was Made for Man. Now there are four confrontations by the religious establishment with the Lord Jesus, they are recorded in this chapter. They occurred after he returned to the city of Capernaum, the city where the Lord had his most resistance. In our last study from Mark 1, we concluded with Jesus healing a man with leprosy. The man was told not to tell anyone in his joy, he went out and published the news so much that Jesus had to withdraw himself to a desert or a deserted place. Mark 1.45 says this, But he went out, the man, and began to publish it much and blazed abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places, better word, deserted places, and they came to him from every quarter. Now we're in Mark chapter 2, the Lord returns to Capernaum and entered a house where he was confronted by the scribes after he performed yet another notable miracle by forgiving a man. From his sins, the greatest of all miracles. Having healed the man, he forgave his sins. And the Jewish leaders challenge his authority, the audacity to challenge the Lord. And we do this when we challenge the spoken word, challenge the preacher, challenge the word of God. We read, in verses 6 and 7 of Mark 2. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? The scribes were correct in their theology, but they were blind in their faith. Like so many, correct in theology, but blind to the Savior. Very sad. It is true, only God can forgive sins. But the scribes were blind to who Jesus was. They did not perceive that he was the Christ, the Son of God. They didn't know Messiah had come. They didn't understand the prophecies in Scripture. Blind, blind, blind. There were still slaves to the ceremonial law. 
working for salvation. Here's a miracle before their eyes, and they could not see their own need. Because Jesus is eternal God, he saw right through their hypocrisy. And we read in verses 8 through 10, these words in Mark chapter 2. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they saw reason within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. Verse 10, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. They were blind, blind to the tremendous power of the Lord Jesus. This was the first confrontation. The second confrontation, Jesus was accused of eating with publicans and sinners. Verse 15 and 16 in Mark 2. It came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, this is Levi, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. When the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Now Jesus ate with publicans and sinners, and they always grouped together. Publicans and sinners, publicans and harlots. He ate with them because it was sinners he came to save. He came into this world to save sinners. That's what the book of Timothy says. This is a faithful saying, unworthy of all acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And it doesn't even say it like that in the Greek. It says, for sinners he came to save. Well, did Isaiah chapter 65 say in verses 1 through 5, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I'm found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. A people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face, that sacrifice in gardens, and burn incense upon altars of brick, which remain among the graves and lodge in monuments, which eat swine's flesh and broth of abominable things in their vessels, which say, Stand by myself, stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. These are smoke in my nose, a fire that burneth all. The dead. You know, the Lord sees everything. These ones that that was forbidden from eating swine flesh was hiding in the dark and eating their pork. It's just like some of us that preach against sin but hide in the dark and do it. The Lord sees everything. This was the state of the religious scribes and Pharisees. Isaiah said, this people remain among the graves. It's a figure of speech. 
to mean that they were yet spiritually dead. Remind the remain among the graves. Isaiah. Jesus responded in Mark 2 17. When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous righteous, but sinners. What a wonderful, wonderful statement. Brethren, it is like people like me and you that Jesus called and is still calling. Don't get beside yourself like these ones who think they were holier than thou. We are rotten to the core. Every day, we gotta be on our knees pleading with God for the sin, the remaining sin that is yet in our lives. There's no place to act that way. The third confrontation has to do with fasting. I mean, running through this to show you the audacity of these religious scribes and Pharisees, disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they came, they, they come and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast. You never ask Jesus why. You never ask this question. The people always seem to have a rebuttal, an ax to grind with the preacher or the Lord Jesus. Why? Don't ask that question. The Lord says something, you tell you, jump, you, you ought to say, how oh, why? 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 This is the first step of sinning against God. They brought now John the Baptist disciples who were still observing the discipline of fasting, who were still observing the ceremonial law. They came to Jesus with this question, why your disciples are fasting? Well, very easy. Jesus tell them, Religious Jews fasted to appear more holy. And any time people fasted, they tell you, oh, I was fasting last week. The moment they say this, they're hypocrites. Keep it to yourself. Jesus came to usher in a new era of fasting. Fasting is not a new covenant requirement. It is nowhere commanded in the New Testament. Occasionally in Acts chapter 6, when the disciples were sending out the missionary team or choosing the deacons, they fasted. Never more up again we read of it. Jesus came to usher in a new dimension of fasting. We read about it in Isaiah 58 this morning. The Lord answered a question with two questions, which are parables, verses 19 and 20. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. These days, New Testament 
days. The bridegroom was on the scene. There was no need to fast. When the bridegroom returns, there will be a new dimension to fasting that is spoken in Isaiah 58.6, where he says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? And to let the oppressed go free? That you break every yoke? Old Testament fasting foreshadowed the proclamation of the gospel. That's what it foreshadowed. It foreshadowed, foreshadowed believers' evangelism. This is the fast to cover those that are naked, to deal thy bread to the hungry, to let the oppressed go, the preaching of the gospel. What I'm doing today is New Testament fasting. The other parable the Lord said in verse 21 and verse 22, which you seem stressed and whoever, tailors like Brother Presley, know very well a practical principle. Verse 21 and 22. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that fill it up, taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. I did this many times. The next thing I'll be holding my pants. And no man put new wine in old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. What the Lord is saying, that you do not mix up old covenant shadows with New Testament realities. You cannot add works to grace. Fasting was an Old Testament ritual that pointed to the proclamation of the gospel. Pharisees and the scribes erred seriously, as many people do today. The fourth confrontation is where I will draw our message from today. Mark 2, verses 23 to 28, where Jesus was confronting, was confronted, please bear with me, I've got to get my marbles back together, up and down, up and down, let's pray the Lord will settle me. Jesus was confronted about his disciples reaping the cornfield on the Jewish ceremonial Sabbath. And I keep calling it that because that's what it was. The Jewish ceremonial Sabbath. All ceremonial laws are fulfilled in Christ, including the Jewish ceremonial Sabbath. So if you've got friends that are Seventh-day Adventists, if they don't understand this, they blindly go along with Ellen G. White and they have erred not understanding the scriptures. The church is a teaching arena and therefore sometimes you have to stop preaching and teach the scriptures. And it's, it's a discipline that is lacking today. 
many ignorant Christians are sitting and they don't know how to properly witness to people that belongs to cults. We read in verses 23 and 24 of Mark chapter 2, it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck, to harvest the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? <clears throat> the disciples of Jesus willfully harvest ears of corn on the Old Testament Sabbath. Now this action was permissible. The law always made room for mercy and grace. The problem with the Jews is that they were merciless. As long as they observe the day, you can drop dead on the street and they will walk past you. Just like the Levite and the priest. Maybe that was the Sabbath day. Couldn't help him. Drop dead. And some Christians are like that. In keeping elements of the law. Be careful. They willfully did it. Because the Old Testament said. In Deuteronomy 23. And verse 25. You want to turn. To, you can read it yourself. It reads this way. When thou comest into the standing corn of thy neighbor, then thou mayest pluck the ears with thy hand, but thou shalt not move a sickle unto thy neighbor's standing corn. Why? To move the sickle would imply that work was done. God allow grace. Pluck it with your hands and eat it because you're hungry. The law did not stipulate whether it mattered if this action of the disciples was forbidden on the Sabbath or not. That's the law I just read to you. God gave room for mercy and grace to those who were hungry. It's just like Ruth, where the Jews were commanded, when you're cleaning your fields, when any gleanings drop on the ground, leave it. Don't go back and pick it up. Don't be scrambling to get a dime that you drop. Leave it for the stranger. And because of that, Messiah was born. The Jews observed the law with rigor. And they never saw grace. Grace was always, not you Grace. Grace was always extended in the law. But you just had to see it, brethren. Wow. God give room for you and me. God give room for mercy and grace to those who were hungry. The Jews were cruel in their application of the law. The Matthew 12 account tells us, Matthew 12, 1, Quickly look over there. Matthew 12, 1 tells us why Jesus permitted the disciples to eat this corn on the Sabbath. Matthew 12, 1. And at that time, Jesus went 
on the Sabbath day through the corn. Who initiated the whole thing? Jesus and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck ears of corn and to eat. Who initiated the whole thing? Jesus did. Disciples of Jesus were hung, hungry. They were laboring with the Lord and preaching all day. And the law always made room for grace. I said, the problem with the religious Jews is that they didn't know anything about grace. Many people say they're Christians. And they don't know anything about grace because they are never gracious to people. When God shows us grace, we show grace to people. How do we do it? By giving them our time and our resources. Law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus. Jewish tradition guarded the Old Testament Sabbath, but they did not see the Lord of the Sabbath. The Savior cited something similar here with David. David did the same thing. Some of you know it. Verse 25, he said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he had need? And was hungry, he and they that were with him. How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest. And gave also to them which were with him. David understood the type. Jesus cited this. We have the account of this historical account in 1 Samuel 21. David was running from Saul when he was on the battlefield. David requested the priest Abimelech, who was, a, who was afraid when he saw him, to give him the sure bread. But I had a dog there named Doeg who reported it to Saul. A detainee, an unsaved man, an unconverted man. It was not lawful for anyone to eat that shorebread but the priest. But David knew that the shorebread was common bread. They're going to throw it away in the next day or the priest is going to eat it himself. David knew that it pointed to someone greater than him. We read in 1 Samuel 21 verses 5 and 6. And David answered the priest and said to him, Truly women have been kept from us about three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy. And the bread is in effect common. What he's saying is this is just bread. Even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. It's common bread, priest. It can be eaten. So the priest gave him holy bread. For there was no bread there but the sure bread which had been taken from before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. David understood the type. The old economy mercy triumphed over the law. 
the Jews observed the law with rigor and never understood the purpose of the ceremonial law. Today, the cults do the same thing. Try to bind our conscience about a day. Back in 1 Samuel, David was engaged in natural warfare. The Lord Jesus is engaging in spiritual warfare with his people. On the Sabbath, the Lord's day. Verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Had they read the scriptures, they would have recognized that David was just a shadow type of Christ, who was raised according to the seed of David. Promised. One greater than David had come. Now there are two reasons why the Lord permitted the disciples to violate the Jewish Sabbath. Now, let me explain. The old economy of Sabbath keeping was dawning. A new era of Sabbaths was at hand the Lord's day. And that's why we read in Mark's gospel at the end of the Sabbaths. As it began to dawn to the beginning of the Sabbath, Mary came to the tomb. An era of Sabbaths ended when Jesus was in the grave. A new era of Sabbaths dawned at the resurrection. And this is a serious thing here. Some of us make sport about this Lord's day. We let our children write papers for exam. This is terrible rebellion and idolatry. That's why our church is blighted. It's blighted because parents are allowing their children to engage in serious idolatry. I must exegete the scriptures and may the chips fall where they may. Messiah had come to usher a new order of Sabbaths. Second, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. He provides ultimate rest for those who trust in him. And that's what the song said. Today, you and I can be like the scribes. We can outwardly guard the Christian Sabbath, the Lord's day, but never see the important figure of that day. We can strain at a mosquito and swallow a horse. Boy, on Sunday, I can't do that on Sunday. If your wife is sick, you better forego church and take her to the doctor. If your son is sick, brother off Neil, it is perfectly acceptable to skip worship. Oh, this is Sabbath, I can't. God is merciful. Grace triumphs over law. But once it become a pattern, you better question your salvation. The 
the Jewish Seventh-day Sabbath has no bearing on New Testament believers today. Christ was in the grave on the Jewish Sabbath, to verify that. He rose again the first Sabbath, fulfilling the demands of the law. We worship on the Lord's day, gladly a risen Savior. I hope you're following. There are applications to come. This has been going on in this church for too long with some prominent people taking extended time from church in La La Land somewhere, in worshiping, in looking for no church, but think that all is well with their souls. Too long. Wherever I go, I find a group of believers on the Sabbath. I may not like it, but I honor the Lord to show my wife that I am for real. And when I go, she must do the same. I make no fun with none of you. My life is short. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. He's Lord of your life, but he's Lord also of the Sabbath. But most importantly, the actions of Jesus and his disciples on the Jewish Old Testament ceremonial Sabbath has many spiritual protocols today on what Christians are called to do on the Lord's day. Now from the creation up until the cross, mankind honored the seventh day. That is why God created man, animals, and all on the sixth day. So that God will have the time with Adam and Eve on the Sabbath, the seventh day. You reserve it for him and them. God established it from creation to be a day of rest. No work was to be done. It pointed to the coming Savior and the spiritual rest he provides for his people. No work. The Sabbath was meant to show that our salvation is by grace and not by works. Anyone caught working on the Sabbath was executed, not give them a slap on the wrist. In the scripture, a man was executed for doing just a little, little incidental thing. Why? He marred the typology of the Sabbath. And not only that, he flagrantly disobeyed in the light of the command. I would do it anyway. It's like some of you. His action was a brazen act. And the people met and they conferred. And God said, stone him to death. Those who despise Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much sore punishment 
we deserve that have trodden underfoot the blood of the covenant and treated it with open shame. Christ came to fulfill the ceremonial law. Today in the new covenant times, the moral and spiritual aspect of the Sabbath is applicable to Christians. And I will show you three ways by virtue of application that you should take note of. They are spiritual in nature and they are applicable to the spiritual man, woman, boy, and girl that is born of the spirit. If you're not born in the spirit, you'll never, ever see this. Never. You would always confront in Jesus, the scripture, and the preacher. I'm tired of being confronted. I'm being argued with for preaching God's word. Well, come to me. Go to the scriptures. I don't want to hear anything. The Christian Sabbath is a day of spiritual harvest. Mark 2.23 came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. To pluck ears of corn is to harvest the crop. Jesus was on the scene. The time for harvesting souls had come. It was the gospel era. The ceremonial law has met its purpose. The Lord made it clear in John 4, Do you not say there for months and then come of harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. For they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth, receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. But both he that sow and he that reap may rejoice together. He told them, Jesus and the disciples. Herein is the saying true, one sows, the other reap. I sent you to reap that wherein you bestowed. No labor, other men labored. You are entering into the labor. What a beautiful picture, these disciples reaping what they didn't labor for, brother. It's a picture. It's a picture. The Christian Sabbath is a day of spiritual harvest. The preaching of the gospel is the means God has ordained to harvest lost souls in the church. Bring your children. Bring your family. Do not despise anymore the Lord's Day. Something I ask, where's your church? We're writing a paper. Who's responsible for that? You. Lost control of your house. Pastor, don't say anything to me. Speak to me, preach to me. Don't say anything to me. Well, let me tell you, go somewhere else. It's no small wonder that on the very first official Lord's Day, the beginning of the church age, and some of you don't even know what's that day, Peter preached one sermon 
on a Sunday morning, people see he was drunk. 3,000 were harvested. 3,000. Christian Sabbath was set in motion. It's a day for spiritual labor. Labor with the intent of seeing men, women, boys, and girls come to repentance. It's the busiest day of my life. The most tiresome day of my life. By Monday, I'm dead. Pharisees said, why do they on the Sabbath that which is not lawful? They did what they did because Jesus was with them. Had they been doing wrong, he would not have participated. The Sabbath is a day of reaping spiritual lost people. Two, the Christian Sabbath is a day of feeding hungry souls. We have to understand this in the spiritual context. Matthew 21, Matthew 12, 1 tell us, the time Jesus went out on the Sabbath day to the corn and his disciples were hungry. and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. The disciples were physically hungry. They were laboring with Jesus. Come on. You expect the Lord to have these hungry men and deprive them of this corn? Maybe you are spiritually full. You have no need to be fed on the Christian Sabbath. You're full. Don't forget the full soul loves a honeycomb. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing, the word of God is bitter, is sweet. Even the bitter rebukes from the word of God to the hungry soul is sweet. soul, on the other hand, hates the gospel. The honeycomb, the gospel. Today, the Lord's people are spiritually hungry. I am for the bread of life. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There is a filling when you hear the gospel. Every time. Corn is used often in the scriptures to symbolize the gospel. You know this if you are a Bible teacher. Remember Hosea chapter 2 verse 21 to 23. It shall come to pass in that day I will hear, saith the Lord. I will hear the heavens and they shall hear the earth and the earth shall hear the corn. And the wine and the oil. They shall hear Jezreel. Jezreel is the name for Jesus. The lost will hear the corn. And I will sow her unto me in the earth. And I'll have mercy 
when heard I had not obtained mercy. I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. This was quoted twice in the New Testament. When the Gentiles were getting the corn and the wine and the oil in our day. As sometimes I am just moved to tears. Moved to tears with the wisdom of God. And the blindness of God's people. You can't push these things in the unconverted head. You can't. The child of God would go from this place rejoicing. We're not obeying a strict law and a commandment. We obey out of love for our Savior and what he did. I know my friends over there are going to be listening into this sermon today. They want to see if I can make it. He says, brother, we're praying for you. We don't know if you're going to make it Sunday. Yes, I am. Home cooking is the best cooking. True believers cannot live off of last week's spiritual food. They need sustenance for the days ahead lest we become anemic. They need to be equipped for spiritual battle. Remember Paul preached till midnight on the Sabbath, Acts 27. But first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech till midnight. All day. The disciples, brethren, in this passage that I have shared with you did not randomly reap the corn in the presence of the Lord Jesus on the Jewish Sabbath. They, didn't they did nothing randomly. It was directed by God, by Jesus, to teach me a spiritual message and to share this message with you. You can do what you want, but my conscience is free. I want to let you know that many of our people are trampling on the, on the, on the sacred Sabbath. Trampling, laughing and giggling in my face. In light of these stated commands, in light of this exposition of God's word, hide in here. God directed this whole thing. The Lord's day has come. It is a time for gospel harvest. It is a time where hungry souls are to be fed. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Today, God permit works of mercy and necessity on the Lord's day. Jobs schedule us to work, and we have to. In the old dispensation, nothing moved on the Sabbath. Not your ox, 
not your ass, not your handmaiden, not your male servant, nothing moved. As a matter of fact, the Jews didn't even use to light a stove. So this guy decided, yeah, they're going to get some firewood. Stone to death. Today, we do not take God's word seriously at all in this church. Prioritize our traveling days for Sunday. We're going for two weeks when you're coming back Sunday. Up in the air. It's only God's mercy that he lie upon the ground. Yeah, I make it all fine. This is God's word. God permit works of mercy. Many times in Zimbabwe, our Lord's there finish at three o'clock, no evening service. I take the time to sleep. Don't call me. To the today, God's grace shines upon man. The Sabbath. It's a day where we are corrected. The Sabbath. The Lord's Day. Sunday. It's a day where we are comforted. It's a day whereby we may be comforted. What are you doing? David said, let the righteous smite me. Shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head. Psalm 145, verse 5. The righteous smiting him is Christ, who uses his servant, or servants plural, to smite us, to correct us on the Sabbath. Our church. I grieve. I grieve. Can't get away from it. Where we have gone. The good preaching, by the way, we got a barrage of preachers coming in here. We got more preachers coming than spaces to put them. I have to give I had to give away one of them. I ain't calling no name. And a good one too. But you see what happened is we had already squatted Bala for first and second session on the 22nd. So I couldn't bump Bala for Paul or for Peter. Principal thing is to stick with your promise. I hope some of you learned that. It may hurt you, stick with your promise. God's grace shines upon us. The apostle says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly, the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And this can be interpreted two ways. Two ways. Not forsaking ourselves as you see the day approaching can refer to the Lord's day when you see it call your friends the day is approaching get prepared 
but it can refer to the day of judgment where we commonly come and exhort one another to love and to good works. The Sabbath in the new dispensation is for the harvesting of lost souls. We bring the gospel that God may be pleased to save those who believe. There are lost souls in here today. The gospel can save your soul. The word of God, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Believe is not a head belief. It's a heart belief that is manifested in repentance and turning away from sin. It is obvious when someone believes. Today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. We bring the gospel that God may be pleased to save those who would believe. The Lord's day is a day of feeding hungry souls. Only Christians would hunger and thirst after righteousness. Not the lost person, not the professing Christian, the real Christian would hunger and thirst after righteousness. They want to be filled. They want to be fed. If I wasn't here, I'd be someplace else sitting now. You better believe that. Where would you be? Boy, you're tough. You better be tough in these days. Lastly, last point under the application. The Christian Sabbath is a day that Jesus is to be glorified. The Christian Sabbath is a day that Jesus is to be glorified. The text is, therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Christ is Lord of his day, not Macy's, not Full Town, not the bride in the backyard, Oh, you know, they call it in South Africa, Brian's a barbecue. My, my, my landlord says, Brian, when you and Marcel come back, I got a bride going on. Why don't you come over? This is the wrong day, sir. I think it's Saturday. I'll come. He's not only Lord over his creation, the cornfields, and all else, he is Lord of the Sabbath. Give him honor now. Give unto the Lord, O you kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering. Come to his courts. Or worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fair before him. All the earth is called to worship him. We normally do these things on the Sabbath. Bring an offering. You don't bring an offering on Monday morning. We do it on the Lord's day, the day of worship. Now, in closing, there were four confrontations in Mark 2 by the Jews. The fourth one is where I drew our message from today. Let me ask you, 
Are you confronting the Lord Jesus? Yes, you are. All the time. Are you taking issue with him on his new order of the Christian Sabbath? A time of spiritual harvest? A time where disciples are fed? A time when Jesus receives glory? Are you challenging those who teach this doctrine? Yes, you are. You're not challenging the preacher. You're doing exactly what these ones did. You better be careful. When people are blind, the Lord aid them in making them more blind. Be mindful of the Lord's words. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath, deserves preeminence. You are cheating yourself, you who are joining me on the internet. You are cheating yourself. You are blighting your spiritual life. You are blighting the Lord's church. You have seriously erred by not listening to song doctrine. The Sabbath was made for man's spiritual benefit, not for his social and financial well-being. You can always get another job. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God should man live. The Sabbath was made for man's spiritual well-being, a time to be nurtured, a time to be edified, a time to be corrected. The Christian Sabbath is a time where the Son of Man is to be glorified, to be honored, to be given preeminence, first place. The Sabbath is made for man's eternal blessing. It points to an eternal blessing where there'll be no more work, no more pain. We look forward to that. A few more Sabbaths shall roll. People here like good preaching, but the only problem is they don't like right living. What's good is preaching. When I got to beg some people to, to be in your place on Sunday. Why? Why I got to beg you? I don't want to beg you to go to work. I want to beg you to come to church. I done with that. I laid all on the line today. In Mark, that's where God has brought me over the last month since I came back from Africa. And I can't seem to get out of it. The study of God's word can never be exhausted. Sabbath is made for our eternal blessing. He's Lord of the Sabbath. 
You cannot have two lords on the Sabbath. Or that would be idolatry. Just think what the Jews were doing. So when the Pharisees confronted Jesus about his disciples violating the Sabbath of the Jews, they were playing right into his hands. It opened up a whole new spiritual dimension of what the New Testament Sabbath is when you study it spiritually. It's a day of harvesting. And if I sound redundant, I want to be. Jackie, I go deliberately. It's a day of harvesting lost souls. We are either partakers of that harvest or we are in need of harvesting. It's a day of feeding the hungry souls. The bread of life. Because either we are hungry or we are full. And the only thing we could be full of is ourselves. Because I know every sinner like I am is hungry without the gospel. It's a day where Christ is to be honored and glorified. You're either glorifying him or you're glorifying yourself. This is the message today. May God bless his word. Let's pray. Lord, we have done our part in seeking to be faithful to this great mystery, Lord. We cannot obey anything in your word unless you give us the strength. You have said in your word that without me, you can do nothing. And Lord, here we have proven it again. Help us to obey your word, to honor you, to love you, to serve you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.